go across the sea for me to see to my love there she goes above the misty hills to the clouds that are above she rides high on disco lights but i fear that she smells my fear I once danced in a rainbow below the earth Only once, but nothing was more clear That I must continue to fight for the divine Right to die the tunnel It is far too bright Man, it seems out of sight Hello, listeners. Hello. I'm Andrew. I'm Rachel. Mercury is on the couch between us, mm -hmm. and this is this is going to get weird. No, it's not. What is it? Armchair Apocrypha. That's right. This is the podcast where armchair experts tell possibly true stories, and it probably is going to get a little weird. Probably just, is. Just warning you all. I'm excited, also <laughs> nervous. <laughs> How has your week been? It was good. Not much happened, but it flew by, yeah. for me at least. How was your week? It was long. It was <laughs> it's the opposite. The opposite. Uh, not much happened, but it was also like really exhausting. Like mm -hmm. I didn't see very many students, but all that of them, will make a long week. That will. But all the ones that I did see had like serious problems. problems. Yeah. I'll make the weekend longer. Yeah, I'm so ready for the weekend. That's right. You're going back to Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. I'll have it there tomorrow. I'm gonna have the house to myself. Mm-hmm. Mercury. Don't burn it down. I'll try not to. <laughs> Only small parties. <laughs> okay, that's fine. <laughs> Mercury, on the other hand, will probably burn it down. Yeah, he will. It seems like the you kind of dog he, he is. Yep. Look how evil it is. Yep. He is. <laughs> <laughs> Such a bro dog. He is. <laughs> Do you want to get into this week's episode? Yeah, I can't stop thinking about how you said it's going to get weird. I want to okay. know how it's going to get weird. Uh I don't know if mine is going to get weird. I just assume, based on most of our episodes, that we get a little bit loopy. Okay, that's fine. Okay. And we both have drinks now, <laughs> this time. We do have drinks. I'm drinking red wine on my doctor's orders. Which <laughs> Literally. Rachel, yeah. <laughs> so Rachel gets a, a big kick out of. I do. <laughs> um, my doctor has me on a heart-healthy diet. Uh, if only red wine. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that that includes is a glass of red wine every night. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can't complain about it. Nope. <laughs> uh, have you ever heard of Virginia Hall? That does sound familiar, but I wouldn't, I don't know. Did you ever hear about the spy known as the Limping Lady? Yes. Yeah. There was a drunk episode about her. Drunk history. She's like French, or she goes to France. She does go to France. She's Australian. She is American. Oh my gosh, I'm going to be so wrong. <laughs> she did have allegiances to the United States, the UK, and France. I don't know if she ever went to Australia. Okay, maybe that's where she lost her. I don't know. Oh, no, I think the lady telling the story was Australian. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just thought about that. All right. Um, it's a really good episode, but I'm really excited to hear what you have to say. So, uh, Virginia Hall was born in Baltimore, Maryland, oh, to yeah. Barbara Virginia Hamill and Edwin Lee Hall. 
She attended Roland Park Country School and then Radcliffe College and Bernard College, which is currently Columbia University. So she was well studied. Uh, She studied French, Italian, and German. She also attended George Washington University, where she studied French and economics. So she was (laughs) well-rounded. She wanted to finish her studies in Europe, so she traveled to the continent and studied in France, Germany, and Austria, finally landing an appointment as a counselor service clerk at the American Embassy in Warsaw, Poland in 1931. What a great place to be in 1931. Oh, right. Yeah, definitely. That's where I want to take my summer vacation. <laughs> a few months later, she was transferred to Smyrna. Uh, known Smyrna? Later, Smyrna. Just joking. Known later as Izmir, Turkey. Hmm. In 1932, she tripped and accidentally shot herself in the left foot while hunting birds. Yes. Her leg was amputated below the knee and replaced with a wooden appendage, which she named Cuthbert. What a horrible way to lose a leg. <laughs> it's not the most glamorous it's way to lose not. a leg. Uh, also, that name Cuthbert. Like, Ugh. if you were going to name your, your um, what are they called? Wooden legs. Your wooden leg. What would you name your wooden leg? Not that. <laughs> Probably... Stumpy, or I don't know. <laughs> Stumpy. Stumpy, thank you. Uh, after losing her legs, she worked again as a consular clerk in Venice and in Tallinn, Estonia. Hall made several attempts to become a diplomat with the U- United States Foreign Service, but women were rarely hired. Shocking. Right. In 1937, she was turned down by the Department of State because of an obscure rule against hiring people with disabilities as diplomats. Even an appeal to her, for her to be hired by President Franklin D. Roosevelt himself disabled was unheeded. She resigned from the Department of State in March 1939, still a consular clerk. Early in World War II, in February 1940, Hall became an ambulance driver for the Army of France. After the defeat of France in June 1940, she made her way to Spain where, by chance, she met a British intelligence officer named George Bellows. Bellows was impressed with her and gave her the telephone number of a quote-unquote friend who might be able to help her find employment in England. The friend was Nicholas Boddington, who worked for the newly created Special Operations Executive, or the SOE. Uh, Hall joined the SOE in April 1941 and after training arrived in Vichy, France. Unoccupied by Germany and nominally independent at the time on August 23, 1941. She was the second female agent to be sent to France by the SOE's F. France section, and the first to remain there for the length of the time. SOE F section would send 42 female agents to France during World War II, of whom 26 would survive the war. So a little over half. Yeah. Yeesh. But that's such a small number, and they're doing such dangerous work. Yes, like, they are. Yeah. Uh, Hall's cover was as a reporter for the New York Post, which gave her license to interview people, gather information, and file stories filled with the details useful to military planners. She based herself in Lyon. Uh, She turned away from her chic Parisian wardrobe to to become inconspicuous and often and quickly changed her appearance through makeup and disguise. Hall was a pioneer as a World War II secret agent and had to learn on her own the exacting tasks of being available arranging contacts, recommending who to bribe and where to hide, soothing the jagged nerves of agents on the run, and supervising the distribution of wireless sets. The network, or circuit, of SOE agents, which she founded, was named Heckler. Among her recruits was a gynecologist, Jean Rousset, <coughs> and Germaine Guerin, the owner of a prominent brothel in Lyon. 
Guerin made several safe houses available to Hall and passed along tidbits of information she and her female employees heard from German officers visiting the brothel. Ooh la la. Ooh la la. <laughs> the official historian of the SOE, M.R.D. Foote, said that the motto of every successful agent was Dubito ergo sum. I doubt, therefore I am. Or I doubt, therefore I survive. Hall's, huh. yeah. That's a weird motto to live by. But it worked for Apparently, 26 of them. Yeah. Hall's lengthy tenure in France without being arrested illustrates her caution. In October 1941, she sensed danger and declined to attend a meeting of SOE agents in Marseille, which the French, uh, <clears throat> which the French police raided and captured a dozen agents. After that debacle, Hall was one of the few SOE agents still at large in France and the only one with means of transmitting information to London. George Winninghill, an American diplomat in Lyon, allowed her to smuggle reports and letters to London in a diplomatic pouch. The winter of 1941-42 was miserable for Hall. In a letter, she said that if SOE would send her a piece of soap, she would be both very happy and much cleaner. Oh my god. Yep. In the absence of an SOE wireless operator, her access to the American diplomatic pouch was the only means of the, uh, the few agents left at large in France had of communicating with London. She continued building contacts in southern France, and she assisted in a brief mission of SOE agents Peter Churchill and Benjamin Cowburn, and earned high compliments from both. She avoided contact with an SOE agent since Lyon named Georges Dubonin and refused to introduce him to her contracts. She regarded him as amateurish and lack in security. Uh, when SOE headquarters directed that Dabudon should supervise her, she told SOE to lay off. She also avoided contact with Philippe de Vomacourt, who, although an authentic French resistance leader, was lax in security and grandiose. Another task Hall took on was helping British airmen shot down or crashed over Europe, escape and return to England. Downed airmen who found their way to Lyon were told to go to the American consulate and say they were a friend of Olivier. Olivier was Hall, and she, with the help of the brothel, uh, brothel owner Guerin and other friends, hid, fed, and helped dozens of airmen escape France to neutral Spain and hence back to England. Nice. The French nicknamed her La Dame qui Boita, I think is how it's pronounced. I could be wrong. And the Germans put the limping lady on their most wanted list. Is that what they call her? The limping lady. Oh. Uh, Hall learned that the 12 agents arrested by the French police in October 1941 were incarcerated at the Mazak prison near Bergerac. Wireless operator Georges Begou smuggled out letters to Hall from the prison, and she recruited Gabby Bloch, uh, wife of prisoner Jean-Pierre Bloch, uh, as an ally to plan an escape. Bloch visited the prison frequently to bring food and other items to her husband, including tins of sardines. Ugh. Yep. I'd rather starve. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> the tools she smuggled in and, uh, in, uh, the tools she smuggled in the sardine tins enabled Begu to make a key to the door of the barracks. Oh, genius! I will have those sardines. <laughs> I changed my mind. Hall too, well, uh, Hall, too well known to visit the prison, assembled safe houses, vehicles, and helpers. A priest smuggled in a radio to Begu, and from within the prison he began transmitting to London. 
On July 15, 1942, the prisoners escaped, and after hiding in the woods while an intense manhunt took place, all of them met with Hall and Leon by August 11th. All of them escaped. That's awesome. From there, they were smuggled to Spain and thence back to England. The uh, official historian, M.R.D. Foote, called the escape one of the war's most useful operations of its kind, as several of the escapees would return to France and become leaders of the SOE networks. The Germans were furious about the escape from Mazak prison and the laxity of the French police in allowing the escape. The Gestapo flooded Vichy France with 500 agents, and the Abwehr uh, also stepped up operations to infiltrate and destroy the fledgling French resistance in the SOE networks. The Germans focused on Lyon, the epicenter of the resistance. Hall had counted on contacts she had with the French police to protect her, but under pressure from the Germans, her police contacts were no longer reliable. In May 1942, Hall had agreed to have messages from the Gloria Network, a French-run resistance movement based in Paris, transmitted to the SOE in London. In August, Gloria was infiltrated by a Roman Catholic priest, an Abwehr agent named Robert Alesh, and its leader was captured by the Abwehr. Alesh also made contact with Hall in August, claiming to be an agent of Gloria and offering intelligence of apparently high value. She had doubts about Alesh, especially when she learned that Gloria had been destroyed, but was persuaded uh, persuaded of his bona fides, as was the London headquarters of the SOE. Alesh was able to penetrate Hall's networks of contacts, including the capture of wireless operators and the sending of false messages to London in her name. So in my Netflix special, this is kind of like the end of the first season. Where oh, okay, she okay. Meets, she meets this guy, uh, Robert Alesh, and then... You cut to the the back story where he's like a, a mapware agent. Yeah. Season two opens <laughs> up on takeoff. On November 7th, 1942, the American consulate in Lyon told Hall that an allied invasion of North Africa was imminent. In response to the invasion, on November 8th, the Germans moved to occupy Vichy, France. Hall anticipated correctly that the suppression of the Gestapo and the Abwehr would become even more severe, and she fled uh, Leon without telling anybody, including her closest contracts. So that would actually be a really good opening. Oh, yeah. Two. Fuck yes. Uh, she escaped by train from Leon to per- Perp- Perpignan? Perpignan. Then, with the guide, walked over 7,500-foot uh, 7, pass in the Pyrenees to Spain, covering up to 50 miles over two days in considerable discomfort. Badass. Hall, uh, Hall signaled to SOE before her escape that she hoped Cuthbert would not trouble her on the way. The SOE did not understand the reference and replied, if Cuthbert's troublesome, eliminate him. <laughs> Get rid of your stump. <laughs> <laughs> After arriving in Spain, she was arrested by the Spanish authorities for illegally crossing the border, but the American embassy eventually secured her release. She worked for SOE for a time in Madrid, then returned to London in July 1943, where she was quietly made an honorary member of the Order of the British Empire. Cool. On her return to London, SOE leaders declined to send Hall back to France as an agent despite her request. She was compromised, they said, and too much at risk. They would recognize her. They would recognize her. The limping lady. Yep. However, she took a wireless course and uh, contacted the American Office of Strategic Services, the OSS, about a job. She was hired by the Special Operations Branch at low rank and pay of second lieutenant, and on March 21, 1944, returned to France, arriving by motor gun boat at Begin Fry in Brittany. 
Her artificial leg prevented her from parachuting. OSS provided her with a forged French identification card in the name of Marcel Montaigne, and her code name was Diane. The objective of the OSS teams was to arm and train the resistance groups, called Maquis, so they could support with sabotage and guerrilla activities the Allied invasion of Normandy, which would take place on June 6, 1944. Hall was disguised as an older woman with gray hair, and her teeth fil- uh, filed down to resemble that of a peasant woman. Brilliant. She disguised her limp with a shuffle of an old woman. Gosh, I remember this. Yeah. It's brilliant. Landing with her was Henri Lassotte, 62 years old. Lassotte was the organizer and leader of the New Saint Network. It being too radical a thought that a woman could uh, lead an SOE or OSS network of agents. She was Lassotte's wireless operator. Uh, they were the fourth and fifth OSS agents to arrive in France. Lassotte carried with him one million francs, equivalent to 5,000 British pounds. Hall had 500,000 francs with her. Hall quickly separated herself from Lassotte when she characterized, uh, whom she characterized as too talkative and a security risk, instructing her contacts not to tell him where she was. Aware that her accent would reveal that she was not French, she engaged a Frenchwoman, Madame Rabou, to accompany and speak for her. From March to July 1944, Hall roamed around France, uh, south of Paris, posing sometimes as an elderly milkmaid, and on one occasion (laughs) selling cheese she had made to a group of German soldiers. She found and organized drop zones, established several safe houses, and made and renewed contracts, notably with Philippe de Vomacourt in the Resistance. She organized and supplied with arms several resistance groups of 100 men each in the Cher and Cosne. She attempted unsuccessfully to organize a jailbreak to gain freedom uh, for her three nephews, captains of the Germans in Paris. Her resistance group undertook many successful small-scale attacks on infrastructure and German soldiers. Uh, Hall was also given the job of helping the Maquis in southern France harass the Germans in support of the Allied invasion Operation Dragoon of the South, which would uh, take place in August, 19, uh, August 15, 1944. In July, Hall was ordered to go to Hot Lore Department. Uh, arriving, in, uh, arriving July 14th, quitting her disguise and establishing her headquarters in a barn near Le Chambon sur Lignon, uh, as a woman and as a lowly second lieutenant, she had problems asserting her authority over the Maquis group and the self-proclaimed colonels heading them. She complained to OSS headquarters, You send people out here ostensibly to work with me and for me, but you do not give me the necessary authority. She told the Maquis later that she would finance them and give them arms on condition that they would be advised by her, but the prickly Maquis leader continued to be a problem for her. The three plane loads of supplies she received in late July and the money she distributed for expenses gained their grudging acquiescence. The three battalions of Maquis, about 1,500 men in her area, undertook a number of successful sabotage operations. Now part of the French forces of the interior, they forced the German occupiers to withdraw the uh, withdraw from Le puy en villay and head north with the rest of the retreating German forces. Belatedly, a Jedburgh team called Jeremy of three men parachuted in on August 25th to undertake the training and supply of the battalions. Hall commented wryly, this was after the Germans had been liquidated in the Department of the Halt War and the Le Puy liberated. 
Hall and several of the British and American military officers working for her left the Halt Lorraine and arrived in Paris on September 22nd. The war was over for her. Woot woot! Uh, Hall, visited, Hall revisited Lyon to learn the fate of the people who had worked for her there. Her closest associates, brothel owner Germain Guerin and the gynecologist Jean Rousseau, had both been captured by the Germans and sent to concentration, cha- uh, concentration camps, but they had both survived. Good. She arranged 80,000 francs, or about 400 British pounds, compensation from the United Kingdom for Guerin, but most of her other helpers received nothing. Many of the people she knew had not survived, including her three nephews, uh, yeah. who had been executed at the Buchenwald concentration camp. The German agent and priest, Robert Alesch, who had betrayed her network in Lyon, was captured after the war and was executed in Paris. While on Hot Lore, Paul met and fell in love with an OSS lieutenant, Paul uh, Guillot, I believe, who worked for her. He was eight years younger and six inches shorter than she was. <laughs> hey, love is love. <laughs> Don't knock it. In 1957, the couple married after living together off and on for years. She joined the Central Intelligence Agency, the CIA, in 1947 and was one of the first women hired by the new agency. Her desk-bound job as an intelligence analyst was to gather information about Soviet penetration of European countries. She resigned in 1948 and was rehired in 1950 for another lowly desk job. In 1951, she worked alongside Gyo as members of the Special Activities Division, supporting undercover activities to prevent the spread of communism in Europe. During the 1950s, she received poor performance reports from her superiors. A colleague, E. Howard Hunt of Watergate fame, said no one knew what to do with her. She was sort of an embarrassment to the non-combat CIA types, by which I mean bureaucrats. In 1966, she retired at the mandatory retirement age of 60. Hall and her husband, Paul, retired to a farm in Barnesville, Maryland, where she lived until her death on July 8, 1982. Her husband survived her for uh, five years, and she is buried in Druid Ridge Cemetery in Pikesville, Maryland. To Virginia. To Virginia. Cheers. Ting. (laughs) That was really good. Thank you. I enjoyed that. You did it much more in depth than uh, yeah. drunk history. I'm not saying that that was <laughs> bad, but it was good. I enjoyed yeah. it. Are you ready for something completely different? I'm always ready for something completely different. I'm going to tell us, talk to all of us about the history and whatnot of the zodiac or of zodiacs, the zodiac. Zodiac is in the, the, the signs. signs. Okay, not, not the killer. The killer. Okay. Not the killer. I could care less about that <laughs> fucker. Um. So. The zodiac is an area of the sky that extends approximately eight degrees north or south as measured in the celestial latitude mm-hmm. of the ecliptic, the apparent path of the sun across the celestial sphere over the course of the year. The paths of the moon and visible planets are also within the belt of the zodiac. Okay. So it's a belt, which makes sense because it's like a full circle. In Western astrology, informally astronomy, the zodiac is divided into 12 signs, each occupying 30 degrees of celestial longitude and roughly corresponding to the constellations. And they are Aries, Taurus, Gemini, mm-hmm. Cancer, Leo, Virgo, mm-hmm. Libra, 
Scorpio, Sagittarius, Capricorn, Aquarius, and Pisces. Okay. What are you? I'm an Aries. You're a Sagittarius, right? I am a Sagittarius. Yeah, because come into play later. <laughs> um, I just remember the other day we were talking to Matt. Yeah. Were you there? I think it was. I don't think it was when we were. When we, it was just the two of us at the show the other week, but. I was like, yeah, well, I'm on the cusp of being Aries, and sometimes I feel like I'm a Taurus. He's like, you're an Aries. It's <laughs> like, uh, and we're going to go I don't, that. I don't think I was there for that one. Okay. That may have been when we went to Miss Saigon. Yeah. Um, so the English word zodiac <laughs> makes me think, of Webster's <laughs> but According to Webster's. According to Webster's. <laughs> Uh, the English word zodiac derives from zodiacus, the Latinized form of ancient Greek, meaning cycle or circle of little animals, which okay. is literally spot on of yeah. zodiac signs. So it's essentially manger, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the name reflects the prominence of animals and mythological hybrids among mm. the 12 signs. Right. The zodiac is used was in use by the Roman era based on concepts inherited by Hellenistic astronomy and Babylonian astronomy of the Chaldean period, mid-first millennia BC. Although the zodiac remains the basis of the ecliptic coordinate system in use in astronomy besides the equatorial one, the term and the names of the 12 signs are today mostly associated with horoscopic astrology, which is what we only associate it with now, obviously. Um, Excuse me. So the division of the ecliptic into the zodiacal signs originates in Babylonian astronomy during the first half, like I said, the first millennia. The zodiac draws on stars in earlier Babylonian star catalogs, such as, and it just says, capital M-U-L-A-P-I-N, like capital M-U-L dot A-P-I-N catalog, which was compiled around 1000 BC. Um, By, or sorry... Some constellations can be traced even further back to the Bronze Age, the first Babylonian dynasty, sources including Gemini, the twins, um, the um, Cancer, the crab, mm-hmm. um, and it says also the crayfish, among others. Okay. According to calculations by modern astrophysics, astrophysics the Zodiac was introduced between 409 and 398 BC, which I think is pretty, like, Specific, yeah. like it's not a wide range, um, and probably within a very few years of 401 BC. Well, they probably have documents of like, oh, yeah, this is where it began mm-hmm. in this region at this time. Yeah, unlike modern astronomers who place the beginning of the signs of Aries as the place of the sun at the vernal equinox, Babylonian astronomers fix the zodiac in relation to stars, placing the beginning of Cancer at the rear twin star and the beginning of Aquarius at the rear. Uh, rear star sign of the goatfish. Okay. It's kind of interesting. Here we go. This is what we all... I try to get more info about this, but there is not too much because everyone pretends it doesn't exist. So the sun, in fact, passed through at least 13, not 12, Babylonian constellations. In order to align with the number of months in a year, designers of the system omitted the major constellation, Ophicus. Mm Mm-hmm. Including smaller figures, astronomers have counted up to 21 eligible zodiac constellations. Changes in the orientation of the Earth's axis of rotation also means that the time of year in the sun, or means that the time of the year the sun is in a given constellation has changed since Babylonian times. Mm-hmm. The earliest um, existence of like Greek texts using the Babylonian divisions of the zodiacs into 12 signs um, 
is in Anaphoricos of Hyphiscals, Slovenia, Alexandria. 190 BC. I That's trust all you, you need to know. I trust A couple you. hundred years later. I trust you. <laughs> Particularly important in the development of Western horoscopic, horoscopic astrology was the astrologer and astronomer Ptolemy, whose work Tetrabiblos laid the basis of Western astrological tradition. Right. Mm-hmm. Ptolemy. Yep. Under the Greeks, and Ptolemy in particular, the planets, houses, and signs of the zodiac were rationalized, and their function set down in a way that has changed little to this present day. So right. it hasn't changed since then, really. Yeah. All right. According to mathematician historian Montecula, the Hindu zodiac was adopted from the Greek zodiac through communications between ancient India and the Greek empire of Bactria. The Hindu zodiac uses the side reel coordinate system, which makes reference to the fixed stars. So they're, they have the same zodiacs, but they're actually like different times. Okay. They're off by like almost a month or something different. Yeah. Um, on the Wikipedia page, like for me, the way it worked though, I was in Aries in both because mm. it was like I'm right at the end of Aries for like what, how we use it, but how they use it, I'm right at the beginning. Right. Um, so there's overlap. So there's a little, yeah, a little bit. Um, do, do, do. Okay, so the Hindu zodiac being side real does not maintain the seasonal alignment, but there are still similarities between the two systems. Um, the zodiacal signs are distinct from the constellations associated with them, not only because of their drifting apart due to precession of equinoxes, but also because the physical constellations take up varying widths of the ecliptic. So... I found this interesting. The sun is not in each constellation for the same amount of time. Mm. Thus, Virgo takes up five times much as, like, epileptic longitude as Scorpius. Okay. So, I'm going to just repeat this just because I find it so fascinating. Because the Babylonians had a 12-month lunar calendar, they chose and divided up the year evenly. The 13th was left out. Um, and I looked it up to see if it said, like, this would be traits for this. Yeah. But... It doesn't. Okay. Um, and do you know where a focus would go between? Um, I don't know. It would interject between Scorpio and Sagittarius. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So you could have maybe a bit. Well, no, you're kind of like in the middle, aren't you? December 18th. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're at the end. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm near the end because yeah, Mary so is a know. Capricorn. Yeah, that's yeah. like four days later. Yeah. Seven days. or No, four days, yeah. Um, professional astronomers generally consider astrology a pseudoscience, which has been disproven by scientific experimentation. Right. For example, in drawing a distinct distinction between astrology and scientific astronomy, NASA notes that, quote, no one has shown that astrology can be used to predict the future or describe what people are like based on their birth dates. Boo! Boo. I mean, I agree, but yeah. it's fun to think about it. So, um, the word zodiac, making it full circle... Um, is also used in reference to the zodiacal cloud of dust grains that move among the planets and okay. the zodiacal light that originates from their scattering of sunlight. That's pretty cool. So even though I don't technically believe in horoscopes, mm. that, I like it. I like the idea. Um, so here's some fun facts I found. Okay. So cancers are the most dangerous. An analysis of data from the FBI found that cancers are the most frequently arrested of all the zodiac signs, and their crimes are often more serious, too. I gotta look out for my mom. <laughs> Instead of astrological signs, I have heard of this. 
Instead of astrological signs in Japan, people attribute personality traits to blood type. Mm -hmm. So it's not uncommon for someone getting to know you to ask what your blood type is, which I guess I wouldn't go get along well in Japan because I don't know my blood type. It's right now. It, it's kind of a mixture of blood type and numerology, I think. So mm. it's like the time of your birth is important, but not important as other factors. Yeah. In the Chinese zodiac, the zodiac cycles three years and mm -hmm. repeats every twelve years, as you know. Yep. I'm. Well, Chinese Zodiac, I'm the year of the horse. I think I'm a snake. Um, so you might think when it cycles back around to your year, you're going to have a good, you're going to have good luck. But they say the opposite is actually believed to be true. And people are advised to be careful making decisions in their 12th, 24th, and 36th year <laughs> and so on. Okay. <laughs> so, so we have a couple years to go. I've got like six years. Yeah. yeah. I also really like this. Um, a lot of emphasis is placed on your sun sign, but some people think your moon sign is just as, if not more, right. important than your sun sign. Your moon sign is determined by the location of the moon at your birth, which I don't actually know what mine is, but I mean, I know I can look it up. I'm not aware. While your sun sign relates to your personality, your moon sign is all about your emotional side and the way your subconscious works. So you can see why some people might think it's more important. Yeah. All right. So and that's why Mary keeps trying to get us on CoStar. I, I, if I could figure it out, if I knew what time <laughs> my birth was, I would tell you. Yeah. I think, is it like 5.30 p.m.? I don't really know. Your parents don't know? Uh, no, my mom passed out. Um, and the doctors had to take care of her. That's, that's <laughs> fair, yeah. Um, but no, they don't. I know it's on your birth certificate or something. Like, it's somewhere in my parents' house. So, from what I've heard, and I don't know that if this is true or not, but when they first did your birth certificate, they should have signed it. But if you get a copy... I've from seen the state, the, original. the yeah. time isn't on there. Okay. And I think that's where I saw it many years ago. Yeah. See, I don't even remember, and I know I've seen it. Yeah. And that's why I think it was like, because I, I think they used to say it was really late at night, and then I saw that it was like 5.30 or 7.30, and like, that's not late. Right. But if you had been there for 14 hours, yeah. that's late at night. <laughs> yeah. My mom went into labor late at night, but then I was born in the early the morning. The next day. So in I, the morning, I yeah. think I was born at like 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock in the morning, but I'm not sure. Yeah. See? Um, so, Sagittarius, here we go. I'm doing yours and mine. Okay. Uh, strengths, generous, idealistic, great sense of humor, weaknesses, <laughs> promises more than can deliver, very impatient, will say anything no matter how undiplomatic. <laughs> that last one is definitely Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sagittarius likes freedom. Mm -hmm. I mean, who doesn't? Um, <laughs> travel, philosophy, being outdoors. Yeah. Yep. Sagittarius dislikes clingy people, being constrained, off the wall theories, <laughs> details. Okay, so I'm going to go in a little description of what this one website says. Okay. I, I decided to keep it even so I use the same website for what it says for Sagittarius and Aries. Okay. So here we're still on Sagittarius. Curious and energetic, Sagittarius is one of the biggest travelers among zodiac signs. That's true. Their open mind and philosophical view motivates them to wander around the world in search of the meaning of life. Sagittarius is an extrovert, optimistic, enthusiastic, and likes changes. Not an extrovert. <laughs> Sagittarius born are able to transform their thoughts into concrete actions, and they will do anything to achieve their goals. I like to think so. Like the other fire signs, Sagittarius needs to be constantly in touch with the world to experience as much as possible. The ruling planet of Sagittarius is Jupiter, the largest planet of the Zodiac. Their enthusiasm has no bounds, and therefore people born under the Sagittarius sign possess a great sense of humor and an intense curiosity. Ooh. Freedom is their greatest treasure because only then they can 
freely travel and explore different cultures and philosophies. Mm -hmm. Because of their honesty, Sagittarius born are often impatient and tactless when they need to say or do something. This is true. So it's important to learn to express themselves in a tolerant and socially acceptable way. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to have a dramatic pause on that. I'll cut it out. It's fine. <laughs> no, I like the dramatic okay, pause. <laughs> okay. I'll leave that one in. Editing, Andrew. Leave that one in. Oh, my mouth all dry. Um, <laughs> so now, how do you feel about that? Uh, it's like it's most... It's like everything else. Uh, like most you can things, you can you. make it cater to you. Yeah, like, um, oh, yeah, that's totally me. Yeah, I'm definitely not an extrovert. I am very curious. Um... You know, just pick and choose. Okay. So, Aries, strengths, courageous, determined, confident, enthusiastic, optimistic, honest, passionate. It's kind of the same as Sagittarius, it seems like. A little bit. Weaknesses, impatient, moody, short-tempered, impulsive, aggressive, <laughs> rude. Rude. Aries likes comfortable clothes. <laughs> the first <laughs> taking on leadership roles that's the second one physical challenges individual sports okay aries dislikes and activities delays work that does not use one's talents that annoys me as well yes for real as the first sign in the zodiac the presence of aries always marks the beginning of something energetic and turbulent they are continuously looking for dynamics speed and competition always being the first in everything from work to social gatherings thanks to its ruling planet mars and the fact it belongs to the element of fire just like leo and sagittarius yep. aries is one of the most active zodiac signs it is in their nature to take action sometimes before they think about it well I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> the sun in such high dignity gives them excellent organizational skills. Debatable. So you'll rarely meet an heiress who isn't capable of finishing several things at once, often before lunch break. Their challenges show when they get impatient, aggressive, and vent anger, pointing it to other people. Okay. Strong personalities born under this sign have a task to fight for their goals, embracing togetherness and teamwork through this incarnation. Okay. Um, Aries rules the head and leads with the head, often literally walking head first, leaning forwards for speed and focus. Its representatives are naturally brave and rarely afraid of trials and risks. They possess useful strength and energy regardless of their age and quickly perform any given tasks. Okay. I feel like they were nicer to Aries than <laughs> Sagittarius. A little bit. That seemed a little rude. Me, my brother, and my dad are all Aries, and my mom's the, the crabby cancer. Uh, no, I don't remember what my mom is. She was, um, she's born in March, like late March. She was the Aries. Aries? Yeah, because okay. my dad's birthday is March 24th. If it's a little before then, then I'll be um, Pisces. Pisces? Yeah, because okay. Cameron's a Aquarius, and that's now. And then uh, my sister is a Leo, and mm. my other sister is a Gemini. Um, I don't remember what my brother is. Like we're like all over the house. Yeah, that's cool though. Yeah, the hodgepodge. So <laughs> it's a real rough scratch, a light scratch. Yeah, on the zodiacs. I didn't want to get into like each one and all that stuff. Right. I just wanted to delve into ours. That was cool. <laughs> so yeah. I hope you all learned something today. Mm hmm. And contact Mary if you want to get, get everything about your life. Befriend Mary and have her <laughs> add you on CoStar, and you will make her the happiest woman on earth. Because I am not going to let her add me on CoStar. 
Oh, I haven't even Googled what this is. <laughs> I know it has something to do with like your signs and yeah. charts. It's one of those like da- daily horoscope things, but on an iPhone oh, is what it is. Oh, I'm really talking yeah. about that. And they, get, they give you an update every day. There's a That's push so notification uh-uh. every day. And every day, either Mary or Emily or somebody else will post on Facebook like, you don't have to call me out like this and have a screenshot of the CoStar push notification. That's funny. And I'm like, you can just delete the app. Like, you don't have to look yeah. at that. If it's bothering you, just get rid of it. The one nice thing about I like about my phone is like when it shows me like certain things and yeah. I keep like swiping it away without looking at it. It yeah. says, Do you want us to keep showing it? And I say no. Now my email doesn't pop up ever again. And I just go to my email when I want to <laughs> on my phone and then look at it. I still get my email notifications. Because uh-uh. that's how I filter it out. I'm like, is that important? Nope. 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 <laughs> yes. Okay. But anywho. Anywho. That was cool. Uh, we're going to get out of here. Um, you can check us out online. We're on Facebook at Absinthe Activism Arts. I have an author page at author Andrew Massey, M-A-S-S-I-E. Go check it out. Uh, like the page, get those numbers up a little bit. Um, we are, we have moved our website. Uh, we are no longer at the WordPress site. We are now on, um, absintheactivismarts.com. Uh, we've got sections for my writings. We've got a section for Katie White's artwork. Uh, we've got a section for Joshua Paul Brooks's music. We've got a section for Florin Renee Keitler's um, acting page. Um, and we uh, have a section for Mary's blog posts. Um, we also have a section specifically for the show. If you ever want to binge us, uh, they're all collected in one place and we update it every time we have a new episode. The only thing that doesn't work is the contact us form because I am computer illiterate apparently, um, and cannot get it to work. Uh, so in the meantime, while I'm trying to figure out how to fix it, go ahead and send us an email at, uh, absentactivismarts at gmail.com. That was great. That was a great spiel. <laughs> that was a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, we're going to get out of here. Mm-hmm. We love you, and we will see you next time. Under the tongues of men lie the simple truths of terror. But my love's eyes make bright the night skies and clears the stormy weather. In the rain I'm like a wet dog and my hunger it intensifies But the thunder clears all my mind sounds and the fear it is justified The lightning scorches the plains The fantasies go up in flame The distinguished author goes insane, but my love, she remains just the same.